Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? Energy is at a super high. So we're here, ready to go, as always. Is it funny that I thought you were going to say energy is at an all-time low? Like, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm hyped about the game, like having a great time. Been looking forward to this podcast. We are recording this, you know, early in the week. Halloween just hit us. Kind of on the road to recovery there. Stomach is not agreeing with me. Took home a lot of, you know, my parents did went crazy handing out Twinkies and Pop-Tarts and king-size bars and they gave me a bunch of leftovers to hand to uh, keep to myself, which is a dangerous game uh, that I am now playing with myself. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> We're getting through it. We could have bigger problems. So, we'll take what we can get on the candy front. Very true. We got a fun episode, though, today. Don't worry, guys. We're not just going to talk about candy and Halloween. We're going to talk Apex Legends, and we're going to talk Broken Moon and give our first impressions of playing the map and kind of dive into the features, the POIs, and some of the lore behind the map itself. Before we do that, though, make sure if you want a question answered, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions, or we'll leave it in the form of a five-star view on Apple Podcasts. If you want to hear Henry and I talk about Apex and other stuff, drop us a follow on Twitter at Kirk Rudoche and at HB Burrison. Links to the Twitters and Discord are in the description of this episode, as always. One random note, because you, you mentioned the five-star review on Apple Podcasts as a way to get the question answered. I recently saw that, you know, a couple months back, maybe even longer at this point, Spotify added that you could review. You couldn't leave a written review, but you could yeah. give a star rating. And our show has over 1.200 reviews. No way. Yeah. We I have haven't more checked that in the reviews on Spotify than we do on Apple, which is pretty mind-blowing because I, the majority of our audience is on Spotify, but they haven't been able to leave reviews yeah. very long at all. So. For everybody that's listening on Spotify that has left us a rating, thank you very much. I love to see that, and it helps us out a lot uh, to grow the show and to get recognized. Yeah, massive shouts. That's absolutely huge. Big. Number. I would love for yeah, I'd love for them to add the kind of written feedback question function so we could do Spotify specific mailbags, Apple Podcast related mailbags in particular. So yeah, man, Spotify. If anyone's listening that works to Spotify. Please, that'd be great. Even if Make you just have to give the feature to us, you know, we'll, we'll happily hold the torch for that one. <laughs> we can beta all day. Yeah, <laughs> but we have an even bigger announcement. So our new god has spoken. Ten, and this individual is our top top supporter on Patreon, a producer of the show at this point, and they recently reminded us to give a massive thank you to all of our patrons, which is very kind, and we are absolutely. Happy to do so. We currently have over 140 monthly subscribers to the show who honestly make it possible for us to mm -hmm. not only continue this show, but to release two episodes each and every week, which is a lot. There's not that many podcasts out there in the entertainment space that are doing that type of content. Um, but it also allows us to be active members of the EA Creator Network, have an amazing editor named Gavin, and to host the now famous third-party private lobby invitational tournaments. So 
We're able to do a lot thanks to 10 and the rest of our over 140 patrons. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It really means the world to us. You guys are the best. Like Henry said, reason we keep doing the show is a huge portion of it is the patrons. And yeah, couldn't be here without them. It's amazing. We try and make it worth your while over on Patreon. So you can go check it out if you want. But you know, never we hope you never feel pressure to support. But to anyone that does support, we really do appreciate it. Price of a cup of coffee. Let's talk broken moon. Okay. Let's get into the show. Let's talk Apex. Talk Broken Moon. I think let's give a little bit of the lore background because we finally kind of have the official written Broken Moon description. So I'm going to read that to kind of set us up for this episode. But Broken Moon is a terraforming project commissioned by the Clio Recovery Council, so the CRC, as a result of the catastrophic meteor impact that occurred in 2708. With the help of the Boreas Science Division, the moon became a habitable environment by 2715. To further fund colonization, the government entered into a contract with a syndicate to bring the Apex Games to the moon. Broken Moon is similar in size to World's Edge and features a wide array of terrain, both extraterrestrial and borderline familiar. Location range from glamorous. Locations range from glamorous gardens to a gigantic terraforming machine to a filthy wharf. Broken Moon, lore perspective. What do you think of this map? How it kind of fits in with Kings, Worlds, Olympus, and Stormpoint uh, in terms of the legends and the universe as a whole? Yeah, um, love the lore. I think this is really the first time that we've had this much of an emotional connection to a map. I know that there was so much anticipation and speculation surrounding Olympus um, and a lot of lore connection as well. Mm -hmm. But this one... It, it just feels different, even to Stormpoint, where we have the the Bangalore connection, and and we had the quest with Ash. Um, I, I don't know. I just feel like the new legend and Seer, really cool story. Love the lore going into it, but I kind of have to say that I I view it as a big positive. But playing on this map, it doesn't feel like spacey alien moon sort of vibes it seems mm. very approachable very almost earth-like um which i i think is a a big positive like you're not getting that basic gray plane you're not getting you know big alien uh vegetation it is a very approachable and familiar map style which i think is a positive until you look up, then you see the alien, then yeah. you see the moon environment for yeah. sure. Yeah, it, it's great lore. I'm really excited to see how it goes uh, as well moving forward because I think you know the Apex Games are coming here to help raise money to continue to build out this area to make it more habitable, and with that in turn would in theory mean adding more to this place would be definition of success and map updates coming in the forms of the additions of you know, a city or something else. And as we know, things don't always go as planned in the Apex universe. And when you have POIs holding up rocks, you know, circulating around uh, your planet and your moon, there's a recipe for destruction as well. Uh, we've stuck to a very strict pattern in Apex of new map. Okay, how do we destroy map to make updates? I wonder if this will be the one that breaks that mold, uh, potentially. Uh, it's something I, I'd like to definitely monitor kind of moving forward. Let's talk about the big feature that comes with this map, though. Zip rails. 
Zipbrails are, quote, a fast, predictable way to get from one location to another and effectively outrun the ring. These rails are set up along predetermined routes or predetermined paths to quickly move from one POI to the next. Players can get through some particularly challenging rotations and even move, with, move within points of some of the larger landmarks. While riding the rails, you have all the same functions available to you as a zipline, but with the increased speed and momentum. How are you feeling about the zip rails early? Uh, kind of just first impressions of them. I love them. I just absolutely love them. There's such a a vast network of these rails that not only do you have POI to POI rotational capability, but you have inter-POI transportation. So your looting is going to be faster, your rotation is going to be faster. There's nothing but positivity uh, to be said with these rails. And I think playing a legend that allows you to capitalize on them more frequently and faster as a team, like Horizon or Octane, is incredibly powerful. Obviously, there's individual mobility legends that will allow you to connect easier. But getting your whole team on, I think, is the key. Because despite all the positives and reasons that I love the rail so far, the one negative is you can ditch your team in a blink of an eye. Like mm-hmm. you can, they go so fast uh, that you can be at a whole different POI uh, fighting another team if uh, if you leave, if you get on a rail too fast. Yeah. So staying together and getting on all at the same point, I think is something that's really powerful and Horizon and Octane. I like to do that a lot better than maybe uh, individual legends like Valk, mm-hmm. Pathfinder, uh, even Vantage uh, could use the the rail system on their own. It's going to be so interesting. I think uh, you know we're we're looking at a very detailed, intricate new feature to a map, and how it impacts the rest of the meta will be interesting. Like this is a very long ring split. In 35 days, when the meta has shifted itself, is Valk not going to be as popular because there's so many rotational tools and avenues with these zip rails and then the couple of the zip uh, the jump towers that are around the map as well? I'm not saying that's what I think is going to happen. I'm just kind of curious if these zip rails are going to actually affect meta in terms of how people go about playing this map because they are a fascinatingly cool tool that is going to, I think, come up in detail when we talk about our ranked guide uh, coming on in, in a week or so. So it's going to be really cool to keep monitoring. Um, you know, zip rails, lore. What are some of your overall first impressions before we kind of dive into a POI by POI breakdown? I mentioned the skybox earlier is just being freaking fantastic and gives such a great element to this game and the lighting's amazing. What else should we kind of uh, hammer home? That's been a, an early takeaway for you. Yeah, one of the biggest things about just the new map is the new buildings that are introduced. And I think a real surprising one for me is a lot of the new buildings introduced have a lot of doors, which is right on brand with Catalyst and her kind of counter to that, being able to block doors. But we have a lot of doorways, but not as many windows uh, as you might expect. I've just noticed a lot of like plexiglass and you can see through, but you can't shoot through, uh, which is definitely interesting. So a lot of cool multi-level buildings. Love the design. Uh, We mentioned that before the season released. holds true. Um, The thing that I think we could discuss now, but also later in the future, is initial impressions on the pacing 
of the game. Mm-hmm. I think we've both experienced um, a lot of team concentration, but also, you know, games ending very quickly or going down to to three or four teams at the end of round two, which is incredibly yeah. fast. So that's something that I definitely want to be taking a look at, maybe talking about more. Yeah. It's early, so it's hard to draw any like super specific conclusions from it. But it is fascinating to kind of see that's how the games have played thus far. Um, and maybe that's because of zip rails, bringing people together. Maybe that's because there are hot drops that are kind of being decided right now. I think as we continue to monitor and play, we'll get a better sense of it. And it'll be really interesting to take a look at. Um, yeah, we got a lot of POIs to cover. Uh, you know, we're going into 16 POIs, you know, smaller number of POIs, but generally we got a lot larger POIs this time around. We'll go one by one. I think maybe we switch off, maybe reading, mm-hmm. going through these. I can kick us off with Terraformer. Uh, if you want to follow along with us, we have the Apex blog post up on the new map that we're kind of using for reference for the description and image. But then we're going to talk about our experiences on these POIs and first thoughts. So start with Terraformer. Terraformer was constructed to prevent the moon from dying. Terraformer is a massive symmetrical structure that resides off-center of the map. It is a king-of-the-hill drop location with loot throughout that supports up to four teams with comfortable landing spots. The central position of power can be used to effectively defend from within the walls, but there are ways to infiltrate and overthrow the team in power. First thoughts on Terraformer. King-of-the-hill is cool, by the way, I will say. I love. I always love king-of-the-hill terminology being thrown around in games. Yeah, I think this is the POI. I think this is the hot drop. Um, I, I think it's difficult to have four teams get into a safe, defendable position with a lot of loot. So I kind of question uh, you know, the loot density of this mm-hmm. POI, but the location and the fights I think are prime. You know, off our first drop there, um, I was stunned at how much of a slope there was like mm-hmm. we were going down the first level and then onto another structure going down and then in order to get to the next poi i went down another super long hill um and so if there's anything that was you know reminiscent of some of the big features on Stormpoint, it's this poi and those long long forever sliding down <laughs> hill moments yeah, the the height was definitely crazy on some portions of this. I think this is a really cool POI though, just visually in particular. Like it really stands out on the map, and this is one of the cool instances of you know they say it supports four teams, and I think you can kind of see that from a basic outline. I mean, you're gonna have two teams, like three teams, landing around towards the base probably, and one team up on center. But if you people are splitting off like that. It's going to be a great spot if you like an early fight and you like to third party early if you're willing to put up with you know either contesting for height or fighting uphill early on. It'll be an interesting one to kind of monitor going forward. Next POI is called Stasis Net Array, a completely asymmetrical space with a central honeypot of loot. The Stasis Net Array area provides plenty of ways to escape and flank the main structure or retreat to move the fight. The particle beam emitting from this location is what keeps floating moon moon debris from crashing down into Boris as well as the moon itself. It's a very important POI. I just got to throw out there. If the stasis net array goes down, people are in trouble. So crypto, please stay away. We know you like shutting down POIs to cause chaos. Uh, So that would be great. 
But generally speaking, this POI, it feels like a one-team drop or two teams contesting. Anything more, you're going to start getting into serious trouble, I think. Very interesting building construct of not a lot of windows and kind of having open space in the middle. So I'm not sure if that makes it easier or harder to defend. You kind of have a door each, essentially, that you really would need to focus on as a team. It's an interesting spot. I think it looks great, though. The beam coming off of the tower is amazing. And the playable roof makes for some interesting fights, as well as the kind of below area that's uncovered as well. There's like three levels kind of within this one building BOI area. But at the same time, I agree that it's defendable. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of main entrances here. Um, so with the, de- with the defensive legend like Catalyst, you can get the job mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things about this POI is, um, yes, it's important to the lore. And I think it's not a bad, like, smaller tier POI to loot up effectively. Mm-hmm. But in the first blog post releases... The lighting here seemed pretty interesting, almost like fog or mist. We didn't see that in game, you know. The lighting yeah. seemed extremely clear and open. Um, you know, rotations out of here, it doesn't have the most rail system networks, so you don't mm-hmm. have you know multiple choices to quickly get out. Um, but you are relatively central, so not a bad POI, and definitely like the look of it. Yeah. Uh, Atmo Station and Backup Atmo is the next POI we're going to be talking about. Um, Quote, over time, the Atmo Stations have created a breathable atmosphere on Clio. Research buildings to the left and right offer landing spots for players to loot and assault the main tower structure, pass through the narrow bridge, or take the zip rails to the top. Nearby water silos can be a safer location should there be too much heat elsewhere. Very important POI again. Now we can breathe, essentially, because of this one, uh, which great technology, Respawn, Apex Universe. You guys are really taking it to another level. Uh, but yeah, this is a cool POI. I, I love the anything that's got like a tall building that needs to be attacked, and there's multiple different ways to get up there and attack. I always think it makes for cool fights and great end games. Uh, I think this will be a really cool one. And man, I just like, this is one of those POIs you know, towards the edge where it's like you look at the skybox behind it and you're just like, man, it looks so good. So yeah, those are my early thoughts on Atmos Station. It looks really good. I love the tree designs here. I just think that even the the floor environment uh, or the ground environment is just really, really nice. And the lighting, I think, across the board is fantastic. But at this POI with the greens and the yellows, um, it really pops. But this is a really good example of where the rail system is so fast that sometimes it can be dangerous because mm-hmm. if you if you're contested at this POI and your team drops on the outside to loop bins and the smaller uh, buildings that aren't the central you know at most station and then mm-hmm. you attack that central large building, if you jump on a rail, you're going to be there in a few seconds and if your team isn't with you you're in a 1v3 so you know a certain amount of restraint has to be used Mm -hmm. uh, because of just how fast and direct this will take you exactly where you want to go in this POI specifically yeah well said Uh, before getting to the rest of the POIs though here's a quick word from our sponsors welcome back take it away with perpetual core Henry 
the perpetual core POI. As the sole source of power on the moon, this huge area supports a big fights and multiple landings. The core itself is the main seat of power here, but it can also be easily attacked. The uplift from the turbine below and the surrounding zip rails can offer unique escape strategies. Man, this is an interesting POI. One, I gotta say, we got backup air in place, but we don't have backup energy in place. So not sure how I'm feeling about that from a uh, you know planet design standpoint. Uh, but the perpetual core does play like a very strong, cool POI that can handle a handful of teams. I think you can definitely have, you kind of have like an inner ring and an outer ring. You could probably do two teams in the inner ring. They'll engage quickly, but I think you'll both get loot if you don't drop on top of each other. And then I think you could do two to three teams on the outside of that. Like in terms of you know having some area to yourself, loot will be sparse, but it's not like you have the ability to all land there and not be on top of one another, which is always impressive. So this is a big POI. I juked the heck out of somebody while I was down on the raft with the, uh, uh, what are they called? I'm sorry, I'm blanking on what they just called them. Uh, I'm looking through our notes right now and I can't find anything. Uh, turbines. That's what I'm looking for. Turbines. Great vocab. Oh my God. I'm freaking losing it today. We had juke somebody while I was down on the turbines. They kept chasing me. And so Henry was able to probably finish the job uh, because of that. So fun POI and anything that's got the zip rails inside the POI is also just a, a very cool fight balance. with Lots of quick mobility around. Yeah. You can almost take the zip rail all the way around. So like engaging, mm-hmm. disengaging, flanking around, getting a, you know, revive or respawn off is definitely doable here. I think the best way to describe um, the core is it is like the harvester, but cranked up to 11. You know, you have <laughs> this big central area with uh, different almost, you know, indoor ramps up to a central area, mm-hmm. but there's so much more loot surrounding it and then multiple large uh buildings as well um to loot and to play around so this is a really fun equally popular poi in terms of traffic and rotation yeah definitely next we got bionomics bionomics is a tightly packed set of circular structures with playable roofs there are plenty of opportunities for vertical flanking along with sneaky healing spots in bionomics Originally a research facility built to study strange fauna, some experimental regrowth still populates the abandoned area. Very beautiful POI, I will say. And, you know, anything that's got a cherry blossom rocking in it, I'm a fan of. You know, Henry and I are both up in Seattle. We got the famous UW cherry blossoms. We're big fans over here. I think this is a very beautiful POI. Very nice color water. But the buildings are always really interesting and they play quite interesting as well. Kind of having the open top on a lot of these uh, makes them, I think harder to defend uh, it's at least not the most friendly buildings to kind of set up your defensive legends in. doable like i would say more friendly than our olympus buildings that are open and then you got windows that you can just be shot in from any angle but not like a not the point you would be chasing to get to uh to go fence up and stuff so it'll be interesting balance haven't played an end game here yet uh so i'm kind of interested to see how that would go with some of those legends involved I think this POI might be the most active standing water we've had in a POI in Mm. Apex. Um, 
which, you know, there's a lot of open water on uh, Kings Canyon with Spotted Lakes, but mm-hmm. so much of it you're probably not going to touch. Here, I think there's just so much submerged that you will be running across water more often. And that is a very interesting mechanic just in terms of sound and confusing people, um, but also being able to pay attention to the audio. Um, yeah. So I think that's a cool mechanic here. And the design of it is, I'll second the fact that it is very beautiful. <laughs> Definitely. Agreed. Next, we have the Divide. The Divide is a clustered spot of vertical houses filled with loot, separated by bridges and connected by zip rails. It was one of the first towns on Cleo, but was split due to continued instability on the moon. This is a fast-paced, high-energy location where skills on zip rails can lead to a quick victory. This is an interesting lore tidbit, I think, and specifically when we talk about the divide, yeah, getting separated by uh, kind of this divide, essentially. Um, but yeah, the first town, and we see this a lot, a lot of homes. You know, Henry pointed out in our first game, like family pictures inside one of the houses we dropped in. I think it's definitely interesting to see that breakdown in game. Uh, but this reminds me a ton, a ton of og relay station where you kind of have this gap you can fall into between two sides uh yeah a cool boi a good edge poi this is an early cannon i think for like if it's a uncontested spot maybe this is a place you can land and have some success because we already found that there can be crafting here um can't confirm a beacon off my memory though so we'll see yeah it's a really good contender and just like the description mentions you know zip rails in between buildings inside this POI, but also an exit to the next POI. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, I love that system and it's on display here um, really well. Next, we got Alpha Base, the site of the first moon landing. Alpha Base densely packed lunar buildings rest inside a giant moon crater. Exterior walls keep the fights contained and the tight interior spaces are require a big commitment. Well, all I know is they did their first moon landing a lot better than we did ours. We left a flag behind. They left a whole <laughs> livable, fightable base with walls and defendable positions. They they went to the max. You got to do what you got to do in the Apex universe when the syndicate's all around you. Um, but yeah, uh, Gameplay-wise, very fun. These buildings re- lead into some you know quick fights, like it's kind of saying. You have to commit to engaging here. Once you go in, probably not going out. You're engaging. You're going to win. You're going to lose. Uh, but playing on top and below, this, they remind me a lot of the uh, buildings in on World's Edge in Geyser, where you kind of have the you know tight interior fighting, not super big. You can go under. You can play on top of them, and they kind of loop together. It's a cool POI, I think, at the end of the day. Nothing like insane, though. Yeah, almost like passageways that you do have to commit to kind of yeah. going one direction. Um, mm-hmm. That's pretty close quarters. Super cool. Next POI is, I think, a popular one. Uh, Eternal Gardens, a mm-hmm. vast open space that serves as a memorial of the tragic event on Boralis. Eternal Gardens is home to a long-range field of flowers and trenches. It has a central tower that contains the only jump tower on the moon. Meant as a means Ooh. of celebration, it also it is also a crafty way to reposition for a fight or rotate to another zone. The only jump tower, and by the way, 
the coolest jump tower in Apex Legends with the mosaic art around it as you're going up. It's just insanely cool. And like you were kind of saying the first round, hidden. Like didn't even notice it at first when we were like dropping in. Uh, So I'm a fan. We had some crazy fights here already early on. Uh, I think this is a very cool POI that once again kind of has some a main central area and then buildings around that create an opportunity for there to be a healthy landing spot for multiple teams. Yeah, we were very surprised to fight off three or four teams here uh, Mm -hmm. in an early game. But I have to mention that not only is this the most beautiful jump tower we've ever seen, but it's also the safest jump tower Mm -hmm. we've ever seen. You're completely encircled uh, by protection while going up. So definitely a good one to make use of if you need to get out of here. Yeah, definitely. Next, we have Breaker Wharf, a symmetrical space built for mid-range combat and connected by a bridge and zip rail. The parallel structures at Breaker Wharf is packed with multiple layers of verticality and the means to reposition between them. Flanked by additional zip rails, it's also an easy way to rotate to another POI. This place is zip rail central. You definitely can go many directions from here for sure. Yeah, I I think that it's a bit reminiscent to the basic bones of something like Lava Siphon or Climatizer, that Mm. there's kind of two main buildings that have some multiple levels that you can shoot in between these big buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, But it looks great. I haven't had enough big fights here to determine if it's a favorite, but it looks like something I would enjoy as a G7 fan. (laughs) And looks semi-defendable as well, I will say, early. Can't say that with 100% certainty, but it has that vibe. (laughs) Next is Production Yard. Production Yard is another large location on the map with a bullseye landing pad and two adjacent landings on the extent of this T-shaped structure. There is lots of loot nestled within the corridors here and a central honeypot to fight over. Central honeypot to fight over. That makes for a fun drop, that's for sure. Um, I'll say this is probably one of my least played POIs this early in the game, so I can't anything I say, I'm not going to make strong commitments on either way. But this area of the map, I feel, is heavily connected via zip rails between these POIs. And I think it makes for interesting drops just having the ability to quickly rotate to another place to third party or rotate out if need be as well if things don't go the way you're expecting them to. Yeah, the industrial style is just such a juxtaposition to the other side of the map. You know, you have like grass and trees and flowers and then you have production yard and breaker wharf uh which are just so industrialized that it's pretty cool i think it keeps the map fresh um having games where you can rotate in between them i think is where you get to see the most of that contrast definitely next we have the foundry this large poi features a divided central hub split by two long arms filled with loot and enough landing spot for four teams the integrated zip rails at the foundry allow players to quickly travel across to the main hub or to reposition for a fight this is where ferro fluid is refined and used to patch parts of the moon to avoid further deterioration interesting use of the ferro fluid for sure what have you thought of the foundry early on i think that this idea of like using liquid fluids for construction is something that we've seen a few times before in different Apex maps. I was just talking about Lava Siphon, uh, but we've also had the Arenas map that is kind of a, a younger brother to that. Um, it's cool. It always looks good. And I think that having a legend 
that is so connected to like the lore and the look of a map is also a really cool idea. Agreed, 100%. Next, Next POI yes. going to be Dry Gulch. This is one that we just had so much traffic through, whether we landed here or rotated through here. I think this will be uh, one where a lot of people will get a lot of reps in here. But the description is, this entirely asymmetrical location is divided by a short bridge, which also acts as a funnel for rotation between the two halves of Dry Gulch. The gulch features fast, multi-layered fights with tightly packed interior spaces. Dry Gulch will forever be our first drop spot uh, on Broken Moon. Uh, a, a very fun POI. I, I think, you know, I'm looking at this map. We've dropped here, played here a few times. Similar industrial vibe gives off defendable areas, interesting rotations in here between the verticality, the zip rails, and the map. Like you said, we felt like a lot of places were kind of funneling us here on the zip rails, uh, which is kind of an interesting note. We also got two big cranes, which I haven't yet been able to confirm if they're playable or not for you know those late game end games if we kind of get stuff that goes this direction. So some stuff still to learn here, but overall, you know, that split between two sides of the POI makes us a really healthy drop for multiple teams. Totally. And next we have cultivation, the source for all moon food. Cultivation is made up of a low-lying collection of circular greenhouses that connects to a large central greenhouse, the seat of power in this location. Easily defendable on all sides, the waterways cutting through this zone offer sneaky routes to loot up and assault the main structure undetected. This is one that I don't think we've played at yet, um, but it seems to be more open. I don't know if you have any thoughts on kind of the design here. I was able to rotate through here uh, one time in particular in a game I played. So not like, you know, I'm not going to talk about being an expert here. You're right. It feels more open. It shares the building, similar building structure to Bionomics, which we talked about having the open roof, making, you know, the defendability of this area a little bit more interesting. And the buildings in particular being more defendable. It's a smaller POI. This is, you know, a one-team POI, not one you probably want your end game to be at because it's going to get a little hectic. Uh, lots of elevation around the map, though, or around the POI. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think once again, kind of fits this nice aesthetic, though, of this style of building, this colorway, uh, being something I'm a fan of personally. And the final named POI that we'll be breaking down today is promenades. There's both north and south promenade, and them combined is a place where most moon dwellers reside and get their supplies. This huge vertically visible landmark is a focused hallway fight with zip rails throughout. Flank routes pocket their interior space, while the exterior is a main central funnel between the north and south of the map. You like promenade. You, I do. You, yeah, you can take it away because I know you're a fan of this one early on. So it's very much like first glance is similar to the central POI on Olympus. That is kind of an internal long structure uh, that you use to get from one side of the map to the next. Uh-huh. Uh, but this one on just scale wise is massive and utilizing the zip rail to get from one end to the other. It, it's like a multi-stop deal you have to actually take two separate zip rails to get from one side to the other um 
I think it's great. I, I like this design. I think the placement is great. Um, there's always going to be action. I think we go here. We've had mm-hmm. one end game so far end here, which I think was really interesting and busy uh, with the last teams all kind of showing up at the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think that circling it back to the very first uh, POI that we discussed, the Terraformer, this is right next door. And then there's one unnamed POI on the opposite side that has a lot of traffic. So between mm-hmm. those kind of three areas, I think this is where you're going to get a lot of the action. And what If that makes it a hot drop or you know a good place to defend, time will tell. But I think this is one that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on as a POI. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a really cool one. I, I love the you know zip rail inside the POI, like you kind of mentioned. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I think they built something special when we look at this map as a whole um, and take a step back here. I think overall, I'm loving Broken Moon early. You know, we'll kind of get into the ranked guide here in a few weeks and talk about it in depth, which I'm really excited to do. Uh, but aesthetically, I love the map. It's it's a blend of King's Canyon and World's Edge to me, truly, at its core. And I think those are you know, two maps that I personally love. World's Edge being, I think, one of the most, if not the most, beloved map in the game. And so if we can take some of the aesthetics of King's, rope them into here, and then build upon a map that plays well for ranked, pubs, comp, I think you're going to have something really happy that keeps the fan base really happy. So I'm excited to see how things shake out with this one in particular. Um, but yeah, early on, I'm a fan. and. I would say I don't want to sound like oh of course he's a fan you know early on like we love all new maps early on like yeah it's great content but I think from the way the developers have been speaking about Broken Moon they've speaking spoken with the intention of building something that people will really love and rally behind from a map perspective and I think that's a great goal to kind of see them have and uh, introducing the new feature like zip rails to help make that happen is a really cool way to do it. Yeah, I'm optimistic about this map as well. I think. One final thing to add is that there are loot ticks on this map. Yeah. And yeah, we yeah. have not seen them since King's Canyon. So having to kind of return here was a big surprise to me. But it's also important to note that Olympus released without Marvins. So it's possible we do see a unique sort of loot generating item uh, on Broken Moon. But for now, and maybe forever, we get loot ticks again so i think that's kind of cool yeah i agree 100 percent um i guess i don't know i feel like we could keep going and talk about broken moon just kind of at length if we wanted to but i think we covered all the pois all the good stuff and anything we say really now it's just truly spitballing i mean a lot of what we said is first impression and spitballing so i'm really just excited to get more reps in and so we can talk about this map more in depth but you know we got 76 days on it the split so you know, get comfortable and get used to Broken Moon. We're going to be here for a while if you like ranked. <laughs> totally. That's going to wrap things up for us, though. Thank you so much to our producer of the third party, 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, drop a follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Maybe tomorrow.